Well, welcome back. Welcome back. This is Journey in Christ. Today, I have one of my brothers um, from Cornerstone Christian Church of God, of course, my home church. Um, Towo is here to share his journey into Christ. He's here to let you, the babe in Christ, know the steps to take as you are growing in Christ. Um, one thing that I want to say about him that I remember that stands out to me, um, I remember living in the Bahamas and returning back to Canada. And I came back, um, the enemy allowed me to come back feeling ashamed. I was so torn and felt broken. And I just remember the day that I walked into church, Tolo was at the door. And I felt like that was the first time I met him, but it didn't feel like the first time I met him. Um, he felt like a brother that I, I, you know, went away and I came back and he greeted me um, and allowed me to feel like I was back at home. Um, so Tolo is one of our intercessors at Cornerstone. Um, he is one of the leaders in the ministry as well. He is a father, a husband, and a great man of God. He is here to talk to us a little bit about his walk into Christ. So Tolo, tell me um, your experience um, into Christ. How old were you when you became a Christian? Uh, um, hi, Michael. Thank you so much. And um, the Journey to Christ, um, Journey to Christ platform. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll start with my story. Um, I was seven years old when I gave my life to Christ. And um, a, lot, uh, a lot had to do with, um, I mean, my background. And when I say my background, I'm, I'm in the family from which I emerged. So um, when I was born, my, my, my parents were already ministers of the gospel. Um, they were serving in a local church and um, they were very active. So as at the time I was born, I was born into a Christian home. And I think um, there's sometimes that the background of even your parents kind of try to kind of rubs off on you in a way. So what I mean by that is that my parents, both parents were Muslims from where they came from. Um, my mom was born into a Muslim family and she grew up a Muslim, but um, along the line when she got into secondary school, she got converted. And since then she's been, you know, up and strong um, with Christ. My father also, his um, father was um, a well-known, you know, Muslim cleric um, in his community. He was well revered and all of that. But um, he came to know Christ also around the time he was in secondary school, thereabout, and he gave his life to Christ himself and his mother, and that led to a lot of things, stories, you know, them having to leave the house and because now, you know, they were against the religion and all of that. So, um, in essence, that's, I, I think there is a part that that played to the way they took Christ because um, at while growing up, I saw so many also other families, so many Christians, and I knew that the family that I belonged to was different in that mm -hmm. Christ was taken differently of the things we do, um, the way we were raised, um, our, our interaction with God and, you know, our engagement with the church the body of Christ as a whole was so different. It was so intense. Like 
then when we were growing up, we thought it was almost just too much, right? So now to the background, because the background has a lot to do in the story. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I was brought up by um, um, strict Christian rules. And when I mean Christian, um, we were born also into a Pentecostal um, we were we were we were in the Pentecostal ministry, so um, meaning that we believed in Jesus Christ as a church because there were so many other churches. We believed in the Holy Spirit, we believed in the baptism, the resurrection, and the the foundational tenets of you know Christianity as um, as 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 um, as given by Jesus Christ. So um, growing up. Um, at least to let me say I, I began you know aware really aware of my environment my surroundings my family at around let's say age four thereabouts you know very conscious of um of what was happening to me and my family so as at that time um I remembered besides the church we were going, the church we had a kids section, a children's section, where they always tell us, you know, stories about Jesus and all of that. And, uh, you know, obviously when our parents are in church, they take us through different things and, you know, you know, true, you know, children's stories and all of that. But significantly, I can remember um, besides the church's um, ministry we had another we call it a sunday school that we do attend on sundays and some of the time weekdays so this sunday school is a group of um was was started by a group of student nurses my mom then was a nurse and um she was um she was more like um a teacher a lecturer nursing so some of the students who are really children of God came up and started this Sunday school for kids in that environment, in the nursing environment, in the hospital environment thereabouts. So um, we were registered into this and we, we do go every Sunday and weekdays. And I still remember for a fact, most of the stories that we were told, most of the teachings of the Bible that we were taking through, most of, you know, the um the guidance we were given as it were back then so around from age four when i was conscious till at least till i left that environment because i left um, at some point in time um we were taught this way and i remember significantly that i remember significantly that there was where i gave my life to christ at age seven so I gave my life to Christ at age seven a lot. Um, and yeah, at age seven. And um, to, to just say more, because a lot of what I actually remember was in the, 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 the Sunday school services, as a matter of fact, not um, was in the church Sunday school. As a matter of fact, then um, we, you know, it was just a playing ground for us then. <laughs> the church Sunday school. So it was just a lot of playing ground for us. And I remember then we did so many nonsense, like um, using our own money, um, offering money to sort of, you know, buy things and eat. Yeah, yeah, we did all of that. I, yeah, I did that. And, you know, it was just more like, you know, a time to while away 
the time. It wasn't so interesting after service because just like we do currently, my my parents were always there. They would wait till night. We would be almost the last people, you know. <laughs> so we'd leave church around sometimes 8 p.m., 9 p.m. And after that, we would need to drop some people at home and then get, you know, home late. So it was always like that. But um, so this is always routine, then. Pardon? So this has always been your routine. This is normal. Kind of, yeah. That's been mm -hmm. kind of normal. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so coming back to the Sunday school that I said actually impacted me the most, um, mm -hmm. around age age five, six, I'd started having dreams that I remembered. And I know that I there are specific dreams that I didn't forget till now. Uh, I think it was when I was age six, between six and seven, I actually had a dream of um, rapture happening and being left out, you know? <laughs> yeah, I had that dream. Oh. Because a lot of what was preached around that time was more towards, you know, hell preaching was really serious. Like, yeah. you go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you go to hell. <laughs> yeah, you lie, you steal, you know, you 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 say bad words, you do all of those things, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. But um I, I think it shifted from the time when I started having these dreams, it, it became different for me. It was a new reality. And then there was a time that the gospel was presented um, in the Sunday school where I attended. And I just I just decided to give my life to Christ because there were so many things going on. And I had the conviction then, as at that time, as a little child, that if I don't give my life to Christ, then, um, when Christ comes, <laughs> I will practically be left out. And that was the dream that I had then. So I gave my life to Christ then. And um, one thing that shifted for me after then was I began to um, I, I began to develop the love for Jesus and the love to also see other people saved. So um, I, I had friends. One thing that helped a lot was this community because besides the community of people that I met in church, you know, church Sunday school and all of that, these were totally different people because it was a totally different community. And, and everybody came there. Not everybody actually, you know, some came because they were pushed to come, but mm -hmm. myself, I enjoyed going there. And um, there was a subgroup that was developed for evangelism then. And so from age eight to nine, you know, thereabouts, I'd started going out for evangelism. So this is not, yeah. And again, I refer to the background, right? Because everyone's story is not going to be the same. And it's not really like, I, I, I do say it like, God has a plan for everyone coming to him, but he also has expectations based on, you know, the opportunities he has provided, the knockings he has made in your life. So for me, because it's basically prepared that environment, it is totally different. For some other people like Paul, it doesn't limit how far they will go in Christ or the strides they would make, you know, as a child of God or their impact to the kingdom of God, but it's just 
God has different plans for different people, you know, and at different times. So, and yeah. I still remember some houses that I actually did go to then for evangelism. I One thing I developed so much was um, a love to preach to elderly people. Um, I knew, you know, during that time, the elderly people, obviously, they were already grown and I'd seen my grandparents passed, pass away. Um, and I know for a fact that if anyone dies and doesn't receive Christ, it's going to heaven. So I had this passion. I can actually not so much as remember faces, but remember houses, remember locations and, and places where, you know, these elderly people sat, where I went from people to people, you know, houses to houses to preach. I, I did that because... Um, I realized then that a lot of youths would just keep telling me, oh, what do you know? You know, people older than me who are still younger. Oh, <laughs> they were kind of you? adult. <laughs> yeah. They would say, oh, what do you know? You're still a kid. Don't worry. And stuff like that. But the elderly people, they would sit down and listen to me. And I was privileged to lead a number of them to Christ. And that encouraged me a lot. So from that time, um, I began building you know, my experiences with God. And um, I I think um, around when I was age 10, I started really reading the Bible a lot. So um, my then my, my favorite scriptures in the Bible were John, 1st John, 2nd John, <laughs> and 3rd John, you know, where, where he spoke about Timothy. I, I don't know, but I had a very special liking for First John's. It was always my go-to, and I never, you know, was tired of reading it. So another of um another of um the 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 the, the scriptures that really um that I, that I really loved so much was also Proverbs. I don't know, maybe it was poetic, but it it, it took me in most times when I read it, then it took me into meditation i realize it's meditation now based on the teaching that we've been having but back then i didn't know it was meditation but it took me into a realm you know where i i kind of you know as a kid i could go in there and get lost you know it was um it's comparable to what let's say we do like kids do when we play games it's comparable to something like that you know you get so engrossed that you get lost in it so then when i get into proverbs and john first john second john you know and third john i i practically get into meditation so i could sit down there for hours as a kid and i would get lost you know i would I would, I would, I would get practically off my environment. So recent teachings have thought that it was meditation, you know, as at that time, but I never knew that, but I just knew that it was something I enjoyed doing. So, um, so from then I went into secondary school, you know, high school as we know it, and it was a totally different um, environment for me because then I started meeting people. I started seeing kids that you know that were off, totally off that I never had experience with that were doing crazy things, right? So, mm -hmm. so um, 
but the the, the background had had you know the teaching had had always cautioned me and um something i would say that i've seen over times in my life is the leading of god especially in choosing friends and that is most most important um as mm -hmm. as a kid as someone who is growing um we reflect act with we reflect like just the bible says right as you behold as we behold as in a mirror right we are transformed we know the devil doesn't have new tricks he doesn't even create anything of his own he just perverts the good ways of god and that is what happens he surrounds people with you know uh um, especially as a child of God who is just growing as a babe, he surrounds, he, he tries to surround people with um, wayward friends, wayward associations, just to derail them from the purpose of God and then gradually convert them, you know, into, you know, who he wants them to be against the purpose of Christ for their lives. So I started meeting people. Um, one thing that I would appreciate the grace of God for me over my life until now is that he sort of made me choose the right friends. He sort of made me choose the right friends. And um, 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 I would say it was much when I was much older that I recognized this leading because it got to a stage where I would practically know when I meet someone the first time if they were going to be my friend or not. And that was that was an inspiration. That was an intuition from God. So that most of the people that I still have as friends now were from <laughs> the beginning. So some of them we would we would have left each other, and then we would come back again in so many years, in a, in an in 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 just a way that you know is so coincidental and amazing but because of you know what the, the way we had bonded back then i understood it was god that you know was just kind of aligning us and bringing our paths to cross so when i was in secondary school of course i my intensity um of um being involved in the things of christ kind of reduced now i became a lot conscious I became a lot conscious about evangelism. I didn't just do evangelism again. You know, I didn't reach out, read as much as I was doing of the Bible and all of those things. I began, you know, also looking at, okay, it's not bad to do this and it's not bad to do that. And um, I would say I became lukewarm. Most of the things I struggled with in my life um, were things I actually picked up from friends. You know, as at that point in time, you would see, you would think it's no issue. You would think it's no issue. But the Bible mentions something. It says those um, ill you've, you know, given yourself as a slave to, um, if you, in or you've given yourself to, um, you've given up yourself to serve, you have become a slave to that person. You know, and what it generally means from the understanding that I got is that you, when you submit yourself to something, you become a slave of that thing. And the way the devil deceives us is, yeah, the way the devil deceives us is, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm a child of God. I know I would never do this. You know, it doesn't mean I can keep this friend. 
you know, it doesn't mean I can associate with this person. You know, I can be equally yoked with this person, but I know myself, I'm a child of God, right? I know things. But gradually I tell you, because this, it's most of these things are spiritual. Most of these things are spiritual. So once you accept that spirit, basically that's what you're doing, then it begins to manifest gradually until it becomes a real physical demon in you. And so um, so some of those things I kind of, yeah, I had friends, you know, who are doing nasty things, you know, but I just said, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter once I didn't do this. But over time, <laughs> and back to that Bible verse that I, that I spoke about, you see, it's easy to submit yourself as a slave. All you need to do is just, I want to be a slave. Bind me. But when you become a slave, you now need redemption. A slave cannot deliver themselves, right? Once you be, mm. once you become a slave, you need someone to redeem to save you, because. But not all the time, people realize that they're slaves. Exactly, because yeah, because it's a gradual process, actually, spiritually, because mm -hmm. once you rationalize in your mind, once the Bible says, "Be not unequally yoked," and you become yoked, you know, you are yoked. It's not when it's not immediately. You, the poison touches your tongue that it kills you it goes through a process right so and that is the same thing so you 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 feel the very first when you connect when you begin you feel oh it's not a big deal you know i'm not but over time over time you begin to see that okay now um and um i'm i'm hooked in you know, in the habits of this person or what this person is doing or what that person is doing. And then at the point you realize, actually, most of the time it's too late. Most of the time it's too late. So let's talk a little bit too, about self-esteem um, being, uh, talking about being in secondary school. And during that time in secondary school, it's usually when mentally you're not, sometimes not strong enough, you're not focused enough you may know christ you've been going to church with your parents or whatever it is you do have um, a cognizance of right and wrong but now making these decisions that the self-awareness and all of that that comes with it how would you speak to your past self to now change some things or make some better decisions yeah so um for me, um, I used to be a very shy person. Yeah, very shy person. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's this bad. It's this bad that once I'm being dropped off at school, and I'm late to even enter the class is an issue for me. Far back then, I can remember. I can see myself. I would practically cry. I would hold on at the door just because I was shy to go into the class and everybody would look at me. Yeah. So um, this, the self-esteem part of it was when I was growing up. Obviously, I was comfortable in my skin around the people I know and my family members, but I was shy. Um, my self-esteem wasn't so great. Yeah. 
so so I, I didn't I didn't know what what the fear was or anything. I didn't understand it, but I just knew that you know I couldn't stand to just face you know people. I couldn't start stand to have a lot of people look at me to talk out in public and all of those things. So I was I was really very shy, and this trend followed me till I got to high school and almost when I finished high school. Um, when I was in, when I was in, when I was in primary school, I got bullied a lot. Um, one experience that changed my life though was at a point in time, I stood up for myself and I saw the person who was bullying, bullying me, you know, run. And from then I knew that there was also something in me that would make me fight back. So I, I, it was, it was actually a struggle throughout you know, primary school and all of that. Um, my self-esteem started building up when God made me understand a part of myself. And understanding a part of myself was, um, I realized that was I was funny. I could make people laugh. And mm. <laughs> it was so crazy that I never knew that this part of me existed. So then when i was rounding off secondary school was the time i discovered it before then i i think i should mention this before then i was um when i was in the later part of secondary school i was still very shy um but i was a lot strategic so i went to a school where a lot of things were happening and even as i then as seniors you know you have this seniors you just do things that are crazy and wild you know that's how you yeah. find yourself as seniors and i wouldn't be the one on the forefront because um in fact as a matter of fact teachers and all of the other people loved me because i don't know maybe it was a shyness then but even upbringing then my background i was very respectful but i was the guy that used to plan <laughs> plan oh, the <laughs> Like the crazy things and you know even even Ooh. then uh, <laughs> but i wouldn't be the one to you know at least in the school environment <laughs> there was a lot of fighting there was a lot of this and that sometimes i was involved in it but i wasn't i had guys who were way bigger than me but <laughs> but my own going to be strategy and at the end of the day if they were going to you know if they were going to come for people you know I was really crazy if they were going to come for people I will first be picked out by the teachers and everyone that to come you cannot be <laughs> and my mates will start shouting and all of that but but um back to what I was saying um um I realized that there was a part of me that was funny especially when you begin to when I left and I began to attend bigger lessons from people from various places, not just school that the school that I was comfortable with. Um, I realized I could make people laugh and I started doing it. And it got to a point where even just seeing me, people will start laughing. I really didn't need to make so yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that that built my confidence a lot. God made me see that part of me. And I would say that had a big, big, big influence on on my confidence because I realized that there was nothing I could be shy of. I realized that there was a gifting that I had. I realized that, you know, 
people then wanted to be my friends. <laughs> really, people wanted to be my friends. And that really changed a lot, you know. And then the way that helped me down the line was that over time, after I left that phase of my life and I started going to a higher institution, I was really able to, I my journey into the higher institution was a totally different journey because although I felt that I was brilliant, I was, you know, all of these things, but the school I wanted to get to, I wasn't able to get into. And it affected mm. me a lot. Yeah. It brought out my self-esteem again. It affected yeah. what I thought about myself. It affected, you know, my future, um, my my plan, the plan for my future and all of those things. Um, but at the end of the day, the experience I had with talking with people, that actually brought me to kind of tighten up my relationship with God at that time. And oh I began, I, so, so I lived in a university environment um, mm -hmm. growing up around that time. And the university was one of the foremost universities in Nigeria. My father was actually a lecturer, a professor there. So um, I tried entering into the course for electrical engineering there, but I never got the cutoff mark to get into it and try times and times again, and I never got in. So I had friends around, you know, and more also you, they were, because we grew up in a university environment, the university environment is an environment where you're open to so many things because we interacted with students a lot. Um, students did crazy things. So at a very young age, we were exposed to crazy things, crazy things. Yeah. And when I say crazy things, I mean cultism, I mean, violence, sexual immorality, everything you can think of, you know, when people leave mm. their home and they come to school, a lot of them just go out of the way, you know, and so we had them around us, we had them as friends, some of them lived in our boys' quarters and all of that, and so we had open experience to all of that, and um, it affected a lot of most of the children growing up around that environment. The only thing that would say saved me was the grace of God. The grace of God saved me. And then the 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 the, the experience that I've had from my past saved me. Um, because I can look at my friends then that we grew up together, only a few of them. Some of them grew up to, you know, be, um, some of them became top cultists, like head of cultists groups. Some of them really mm -hmm. went to, yeah. Some of them really went to, into crazy things. Some of them did drugs at a high level. Some of them did fraud at a very high level. And these were my friends we grew up together. You know, yeah. even some of them, there was no way to hide from them when they had meetings, you know. I was, it, it was basically where I was. So I, I knew, I knew a lot of, the drawing to become it was just God that didn't make make me go that path. It was just God and and the background. I would say the teachings from the background. I just never even at times when it was a setup because there was a particular time that it was a setup for me to join a particular cult group because I was refusing. And then there was just a setup of lying and everything. And they said, okay, this something happened. And the guess I was the one that did it. 
and you know i said i wasn't the one and they said okay yeah so let's go to a juju map you know you prove yourself you know and at the end of the day i found that it wasn't really it was just a setup to take me to initiation to almost open you up to these things yeah to initiation actually it was it was but so but, let's talk to people who may not know what a cult is and who may not know what a juju man is and all that stuff uh explain a little bit more about the spirituality and and uh and cult so um Cultism is basically um, like, at, at least from where I, I'm coming from, cultism is basically a group of people who have um, who have signed or who have agreed with blood, with covenant that they are going to, you know, um, they are going to they are going to fulfill certain um, objectives, objectives that most times are antichrist objectives because it will involve killing, it will involve stealing, it will involve destruction. And we know the threefold ministry of the devil, right? So cultists, most of the times, are people who don't follow rules. They are people who kill, they are people who destroy, they are people who do certain vices that are crazy. And so they come together, and then there is a spiritual component to it. The spiritual component, meaning um, they, they want to have the, the power because no one they they believe they can't stand on their own to do those things and so they begin to seek spiritual you know component spiritual power spiritual backup from the devil yeah. to support them and um you know if you're in the world the devil also gives power and so the major thing is when you are you you've you've signed up you've um, gone through blood covenant because you're going to do certain things that things involving their initiation basically is almost like selling your soul to the devil too once you are in then you become a part of them and it's difficult for you to do so that's what but in the university environment they are the guys that really cause trouble you know they are the mm -hmm. guys that you can face they are the guys that kill like when i say kill like crazy killing and they are the guys that also rob yeah and all of those things yeah but sometimes so, those people look so innocent though like they were your friends they were people who you may have felt some level of comfort with so if we're talking to um someone right now that is in university um that may have been experiencing something like this um mm -hmm. maybe anywhere in the world now what are the steps do you think told that someone needs to make um to step back away from these kind of friends because you also talked about how keeping a community and now being in university where possibly that christian community is not as dominant in your life but these people are always around now what should someone do yeah so um what i what i want to say is that wherever you find yourself the very first thing you want to locate is your community of faith that is the only that is the very first thing you are supposed to do and thank god um we were taught this not everyone is taught this you know at a very young age and not everyone is um being when you kind of go to university you you might not have a privilege of having parents you know to tell you all of this and the very first thing you want to locate is a community of faith you want to go to a church, you want to go to a fellowship, you want to associate yourself first there. You know, this will help you and guide you and will provide a kind of coverage 
you know, for you and would also lead you to people who you would associate with. In my own case, it was an environment where I grew up, so it was where I lived. And so where I was coming from, my background and the kind of family I was born into played a role. But I would tell you that these are seemingly harmless people. These are seemingly loving people. Some of the guys I talk about are guys that once you see them, you will love. You will just fall in love with them. I can tell you, you know, it's just, it's just, I just, I just look at myself too. What if I fell into that direction? You won't see the demon until it's time for the demon to walk. And that is how it is. You don't take people with, by face value. You know, the Bible says, and I think it was Paul that was saying this, that we do not know people, you know, through the flesh anymore. We know them through the spirit. Mm. These are people that when some of some of them then um they are they are normally physically you see them they're loving people they are friendly people when i mean love i'm not saying the court kind of love you know there are people you relate with there are people you like some of them are very brilliant people right some of them are very smart people yeah. but you know the demon in them once the demon comes in and the demon takes over you would run these were still people who had killed. These were still people <laughs> who were causing mayhem and havoc all around. So when you get to a place, first thing you want to do is um, you want to associate yourself with a community of faith. Wherever you find yourself, that is the very first assignment you have to. Because, you know, down the line, if you do not want to begin to use your own experience in hindsight, you know, to correct your life and then regret actions you've taken. That mm. is a step you will take. And then a, a note of warning too. You see, um, one of the things my parents did, um, and it was a bit, it could be naive, is that they tried to connect us also with people they believed were ahead of us. You know, we were youth then, so they believed that they were parents, adults, we might not relate with them, but they tried to connect us with um, youths, you know, that were from the church, you know, and um, not everyone who is in the church, who comes to church, is actually a child of God or following God. Um, I can remember some of them because, you know, they, they, they came to church, they went to fellowship, they looked good to our parents. But what they were doing yeah. that we know yeah. and what they were encouraging us to do would have destroyed our lives. So yeah. um, some of them I didn't tell my parents, but based on the fact that we had teachings from the Bible and we knew what was right and wrong, we didn't follow. At least I didn't follow that pathway, you know. Yeah. So when some of the times, you know, even parents make... Um, um, they they kind of they kind of make mistakes making examples of these people, you know. They say, "Ah, look at that person! You see, that's a child of God." You be doing this and doing that, and then we just look at them. Okay, <laughs> we'll not talk exactly, you know, you know. But but something I would say is that um, something I say is that as a child of God, you must first know God for yourself. You must know God for yourself. You must have a relationship with God. See, at the end of everything, as a child of God, you would see that you are not losing. 
one of the fear that we had then, one of the things that I had personally as a fear is was fear that I was missing out, right? Yeah. I had friends yeah. who would go do so many things. I had friends who would go, you know, partying, doing crazy things, you know, and there is also also this exciting part of everything, even for, you know, maybe people who are, in, who are into cultism or people who are into, there is also always something exciting that would look you know, exciting, or even people, you know, who are, who are walking the ways, the pathway of, 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 of darkness. It's always kind of attractive in a way, but at the end of it, it's the way of death. So there was a fear of, oh, I'm losing out. This is the period where I can do this, you know. This is a period where I can do that. This is a period where I can go partying, you know, just play my life, you know, do this, do that, have this relationship, have that one, do everything and all of that. But at the end of the day, you know, that fear is just a fear that comes from the devil. You know, perfect love casts out all fear, like the Bible tells us. There is nothing you are losing when you are in Christ. As a matter of fact, there is a lot you are gaining when you are in Christ because those mistakes are taken away. You are being led and guided by God, you know, and then you are following the purpose of God for your life. It's, it's a great advantage. So the fear of being left out, that's a lot of things that happen to us when we are, when we, when um, at our very young age, you know, especially when we are still youth, growing up as adults, fear of losing out. My friends are doing this and doing that. See, at the end of the day, if it doesn't align with what the scripture says, it will only cause more delay. It will only cause more troubles for you in future. It will only cause more burdens for you in future. So, Which then means they need to read the scripture to know the scripture. Exactly. The scripture. Exactly. So the thing that I want to touch on is um, I remember this because talking about fear, being a single woman, but we're not only talking to women, we're talking to males and females. And I can speak for myself. I remember saying, but I know now that this was the enemy saying it, that. There are no men in church. There are no there are no good Christian men. Um, I remember returning to Canada even before leaving, um, and just seeing the men in our ministry, in this ministry particularly. I can't speak for others. Um, one, I see you all with your your baby strapped to you. <laughs> I see you um, in prayer. I see you worshiping. I see you um, taking care of your spouse. What do you say to that person? First, I think to I would like you to speak to the males, the males that possibly they didn't grow up with both parents. Some men just don't know how to love or how to nurture or care. Um, speak to that male and then speak to the female that is in the thought pattern of not being able to find a spouse that is a Christian, because she may be a Christian, and, and many times we end up looking back into the world for, for a man, and we want to bring them back into church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, right. Yeah, so I would address the men first. Yeah. Um, you see, there is, there, is, there is nothing as good as following the perfect will of God. That is what I would say first. And the perfect will of God can never be outside God. 
You see, when when we're searching for something, a lot of times and and we see it, I I I can I can I can associate this to like you want a car, you want a house, all oh, this thing looks, you know, like I must get it. And so you want to get it anyway. Guess what? Mm-hmm. When you get that particular thing, the attraction would leave, you know, and then you would see clearly. A lot of times what we run after, you know, is just the attraction, you know. And then when we actually get in, we understand what it really means. So this is where I'm going. You see, as a child of God, if you want to fulfill the purpose of God for your life, if you want to end well, you have to follow the plan of God. The Bible says that Christ walked according to how it was written of him. And that was our why he fulfilled purpose. God has a plan for everyone. God has a plan for everyone. And his plan can never be outside his purpose or his will for you. Mm-hmm. The child of God as a man, when you come to the presence of God, there are ladies in church. You know, not everyone is designed or made for you. God has a plan for you. But God will never take you out, <laughs> you know, to a, to, to a club to pick a wife and then bring to church. Yeah. God himself brought yeah. Eve to Adam. Yeah. It is why you are in the presence of God doing what he has proposed and called you for that he would bring to you that person he has created or he has he has destined for you when you leave the point of assignment you will never get that person that god wants for you when you leave the point of assignment when you leave the point of assignment it will be very difficult and in fact i would say it is impossible because when god comes to guarding and seeks you and you are not there, oh. you won't have what he has he has for you. And I tell you over time, um, as we got, you know, male and female relationship, marriage, it's a forever thing. It's a forever thing. Um, the first few years of marriage, yes. But then after that, you would understand the responsibility of what it takes to run a family, to run a home, to keep a woman as a man, you know, and to be that person that God has called you to be. There are so many things that are beyond the physical. As men, you know, we've been, a lot of times we, you know, they, they jest about us that, oh, men follow what they see. Yeah, it's what they see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I tell you, yeah. But what we see is temporal. Now, what we don't see Mm. is eternal so we want to make sure that we are not just seeing eyesight everybody has eyesight you know just back to the teaching of (laughs) that we are just concluding you know Mm. but insight is meant to guide our eyesight and insight is given by god so if you follow insight insight is just the first stage (laughs) you would have problem because you will only be learning in hindsight. Oh, I should so have done this. Yeah. yeah. 
So as a, as, 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 as a man, it's never, ever late. The time of God is right. And then the leading of God is perfect. You know, you want to know that you are led by God. And then I shift over to the ladies. I shift over to the women. Um, mm. You know, a woman is made to... Every woman has a grace. You see, what I've seen in, in this time, in this time, in this era that we are, is that most ladies and women are not concentrating on the grace part of their life. But they are, they are concentrating on the outward adornment and outward presentation. Yeah. You see, over time, it is not the outward appearance or presentation that would that would that would be the value you would carry and that would endure it will be the grace over you that will be the value that you carry and you endure the word of god that says that the gift of a man makes room for him guess what for the for the women part of the gift that is given unto them is the grace they carry every woman is different carries different kind of grace when you look at them as a man you see the grace see guess what if a woman if a man looks at you and all he sees is just the physical quality that man is not mm -hmm. spiritual and that man would not last because the physical will not last the grace mm -hmm. is what will continue and will last and will not would not leave you you know funny enough i used to tell some of my sisters like um i used to tell my sister and i used to play around with some of the ladies that i see or that i know you know that we we talk we we kind of talk i tell them that you know what you attract is what comes to you what mm. you attract is what comes to you you know if if you make your grace be the attractive part for you your grace will call that person who God has wired and ordained to understand that kind of grace as needed in their life. That is what they would see. And that is the person that will come to you. But if the part you accentuate the most is just a physical, guess what? <laughs> Those are the kind of people that will come. People who are just out because of the physical that is what they want to see and once you know once they take once they have a taste of the physical they are gone there is no way you can keep them some of them can go as far as even getting married yeah. and once the physical is gone guess what nothing is remaining they would see you as empty so it's the grace it's the grace it's the grace that we are supposed to what exactly if someone doesn't understand what grace is what what is grace so grace aligns to your purpose oh, so God, you exactly so god gives puts grace upon our lives according to purpose and you see um your grace actually is given to you from the beginning you say the bible says when he ascended he gave gifts to men right but the grace you come with comes with you. That is why when you are born, you know, there is something particular about you that if you have spiritual parents, and that is how we've been trained in CCCG, right? 
right? spiritual parents. Thank God for the teaching to understand the grace upon our kids, you know, mm-hmm. while before them um, at the time they are born. So that we'll be able to project this grace on them and they will be able to go out and carry this grace and be conscious of this grace and project this grace. You see, the grace is upon you. Over time, you might have lost cognizance of the grace because you have not really focused on it and you've not had anybody, you know, to say this is the grace upon your life. And that is why over time, even in um, in, in Cornerstone Christian Church of God right now, you see people changing their names, right? Names too have something to do with understanding of grace, right? And so you see people understanding going to a spiritual parent after they've prayed, going to, to lead that, okay, what is the grace that is upon my life? What is the grace that God has yeah. placed upon me? And because as spiritual parents, you know, authority, God has given them the grace to see through you because you are under them, have subjected yourself to their leading. They'll be able to tell you this is the grace upon your life. And that will begin to open doors for you. At the end of the day, that would be what most of the time, what would even attract that person that God has, you know, destined for you. Is A lot of times it's more like a completing path. You see, you won't need to chase. Even if, even if there are, there are, there are, you say there are no men, that one that is supposed to be for you, God will cause times and seasons to cross and they will see you. They would know you and they will come after you. So you don't need to go to the clubs. You don't need to go out and orchestrate bringing of your own man or your own, you know, that is basically you designing your own destiny. You don't know what the future holds. You don't know. You don't know. Trying to figure it out yourself. Go to the gym. You go to the food store. You buck up into this guy. Trying to trying to do all the the hoorah, but it, sometimes it just don't work anyway. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? God orchestrates things Himself, and His ways are far from the will of men. And guess what? Again, if you are able to design it yourself, just know it's not God. If you are able to arrange it, you know, with your own knowledge, okay, this is how I'm going to go about it. And just know it's not God. You are doing that yourself. Mm. You are doing that yourself. When God leads you, you would know. When God orchestrates things to happen, it will be so clear that it's God. When you do it yourself, guess what? Whatever you build without God, you would need to support. And... It's 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 bad because support most times because we we do not have you know the the sites most times for the future and what it holds except we align ourselves with God it will be it will be it will be a serious maintenance for you yeah and I love that you said that because because too a lot of times we try to figure out. Oh, this is what we want, or this is who we want, or this is how we want to do certain things, and then we try to mold that, and then go to God in prayer and pray that God would fix it the way we want it, or somehow maneuver things and for us because this is the way, or this is who we want. Right. Um, but, be- but before we end, because I I just love that you said that, and I love, um, and I'm hoping that the the single female male you first know purpose understand the grace that is in your life know your identity if you don't know it you can um send me a message and i can send you to to one of our our teachings on the identity um but what i do want us to talk about a little bit is um night prayers so we have night prayers that is coming up 
And I remember my parent, my mom going to night prayers, going to pr- prayers. And yes, it was in the middle of the night, but I was not a part of night prayers. So somebody as a babe in Christ, hearing about night prayers, what is different about prayer at home versus having this this prayer, corporate prayer at the church in the night? You see, um, number one is that the Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of the righteous, right? You see, there is a corporate anointing that comes with you gathering with the children of God. That said, mm-hmm. night prayers is a time that is separated to seek the face of God. You see, um, the way we live our lives now, we kind of pull God in into our events. You want to go to work, you know, you separate time, but you are pulling God into your events. You are pulling God into your events. But whatever you have value for and whatever you care for, whatever you really want a result from, you set aside a time aside. And this is what we do during night prayers. Mm-hmm. The word of God says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Prayer is the way we communicate with God. Mm-hmm. And there is a level of persistence in communications that communication that get us to the presence of God. Guess what? You know, we have the outer court, the inner court, you know, the holy of holies. All of these things, you know, back then, they don't just go in, go into the outer court, to the inner court, to the holy of holies. There is a progression. There are yeah, things you yeah. need to do. A lot of times in our daily lives, our busy schedules, it doesn't allow for that. And so God still mm-hmm. gives us grace. But when we are we are available to set that time aside for God, we'll begin to see his hand in a way we've not seen before. If before, you know, just our daily lives, we are maintaining ourselves by entering into the outer court and the inner court, at least we are still having some of the anointing. This is an opportunity for us to get into the holies of holies and make sure that we align ourselves with our creator, with God. And this is what we do. The things, there are, there are, there are prizes that we need to pay you know, and some of the time it involves time and persistence and prayer in like very, very, very strong prayer and intense prayer. And this is what we open ourselves for during night prayers. It's an experience that would never leave anyone the same. And when the results start coming, people will keep asking, how did you do this? But you have settled it because everything that happens in the physical is governed by the spiritual. Oh, that's powerful. But you know what I always remind myself about um, when the enemy tries to tell me lies about night prayers is that I used to be in the club in the middle of the night with heels on in a loud, smoky place and stayed there all night mm-hmm. until the sun came up. Yeah. Why can't mm-hmm. I do that for the Christ that saved me, that loves me? It ain't smoky. I can be comfortable. I can go in my, my hoodie and, you know, I'm good. I can lie on the floor, I'm comfortable in prayer and seek God's face, but I could stay up in the club all night, like with heels on, with smoke? No. So I'm speaking to the person now who may be battling with, why would I want to go to a night prayer? Like that doesn't make sense. I could pray at home. You know, the enemy tells you these lies, but the same way that you would have partied, I'm certain that at some point in your life you did, you can party <laughs> with Christ, with the community at your local church. Um, for us, it's at CCCGN. So we are having night prayers 
and night prayers for for us is intense. It, when we go in, we were we already go into a, another. Uh, I want to say another phase in life. We've already stepped into something else, a new element, because God has given each each month a topic. And so as we go into our night prayers, it's like we open a new door, new gates to um, receive from God. And so to, um, if possible, I'd like for you to one, invite the, the baby Christ to night prayers, and then two, um, say a prayer for them. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what, just you know, final remarks, you know, the devil will never want you to get anything that is valuable. You know, if, if you see anyone who is a high flyer now achieving things, guess what go back and see the sacrifice they've played you know if it's an athlete when they are going through all that stress and trying to make that happen you will not see them you only see them when the glory comes but if they didn't pay the price the glory wouldn't have come you know they can choose you know to also party to drive around to play with friends but they would never get that glory so at the end of the day if we don't stand in the presence of god to you know persevere and, and, and prevail in the place of prayer and we go to clubs, you know, the results will show. So if you want the glory of God to come upon your life and you want to achieve purpose, you have to pay the price of coming to the presence of God. You know, things like life prayers, attending, you know, and having your spirit man, you know, being built up. That being said, I would want you to attend the night prayers. It's it's an amazing time in the presence of God. If you don't understand what it means, you know, to feel the presence of God, to have the touch of God in your life, practically when you come here, you would see what it means. Your life will never remain the same. You would not know it, but gradually over time, it is now people who are seeing you, your friends will be like, something is different about you. And it's going to be for the positive. It's time spent with God in never wasted time. It's a time that you pay forward, that you would really, at the end of the day, find it <laughs> valuable. So um, at that, I pray that God will give you the grace, every deceit of the enemy. You know, the enemy will start bringing up at clubs, events, and things and that for Friday nights. Please come to the presence of God, and you will see the miracle and the wonders that God will do in you and through you. In Jesus' name, amen. I would um, kind of say a brief prayer. And... Um, Heavenly Father, we bless you for a time like this. We thank you for being able to share experiences, oh Lord. We, we, we thank you for being able to share, oh Lord, our own life journey, oh Lord, to be able to encourage people, to be able to encourage people who are just taking their steps in you. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you, oh Lord, we encourage them, oh Lord, to hear and see beyond what we have spoken in Jesus' name. We ask for the grace, oh Lord, to stand with you in the face of opposition, to stand with you and still de be determined to follow you in the place, oh Lord, of adversary in the in, in in the in the place of adversaries in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask that your grace, O Lord, for them, O Lord, to come unto you and to fulfill their purpose will be released unto them in Jesus' name. As many as still don't understand, O Lord, what we are talking about, we ask Heavenly Father that O Lord you would open their knowledge and understanding and you open their spirit man to be able to capture, O Lord, what O Lord the kingdom of God is like in Jesus' name. We especially commit my prayers unto you, O Lord. We ask Oh Lord, that even 
the way you've been doing that you show yourself a new oh lord in jesus name that your grace oh lord would comfort your power your mighty hacks oh lord your spirit oh lord we're in god oh lord the sanctuary in jesus name we have for as many oh lord who are listening at this time oh lord and have not oh lord at one time or the other attended or submitted themselves oh lord unto night prayers to hear from you to experience you that you oh lord would incline their hearts oh lord to follow suit in jesus name that they, O oh Lord, would be able to, O oh Lord, give them this great opportunity to interact and meet with you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you've done. Glory, honor, and adoration be unto your name. And we thank you for this platform. We thank you for what you are doing through this platform. Your, your name be exalted and glorified now and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Tobo, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for your time. Thank you for your words of encouragement. Thank you for your advice to the babes in Christ. Um, I really appreciate this time that you spent with me today. Um, and I will see you at night prayers. Thank you. See you. Bye. All right. <laughs>